The Jaguar, three. Flashes of crooked black teeth. Yellow bile dotted with eggs. A pyramid silhouetted by a pregnant moon. An old crone speaking without words, desperate and afraid. A rusty shard of a dagger raised overhead, plunging toward her arm. Wheeler awoke from these dreams with a scream. Her head was pounding, her body was sore, and she had no idea where she was. She looked around, trying to get her bearings. Dirty bricks, scummy puddles, a dumpster. Holy shit, she'd passed out in the alley. The new day's light cast shadows as the sun rose over the tops of the bars and bodegas and apartment buildings. A car cruised by and honked. Somebody barked an obscenity across the street. Even farther off came the echoes of construction crews and other noises, buses revving, the clatter of the META as the trains began their morning commutes. The city was waking up. Wheeler slumped back against the bricks. Ugh, her swollen tongue, that taste in her mouth, and what was that smell? She looked down at her clothes and, of course, saw the dried crust of vomit clinging to her jeans. Her shirt was ripped at the shoulder, exposing her skin. Great. Just great. This was going to be a hell of a day. Her shoulder ached to the bone, and when she went to rub it, she felt a strange scar there, a scar she didn't have before. She looked at it, frowning. No, that wasn't a scar. That was a brand. A triple spiral. It was thick, too. Fresh. What the hell? Somebody had branded her in the middle of the night. It made her sick, sicker than she already was. She felt hollowed out, violated, Someone did that to her, and she hadn't even stirred. What else had they done? What else could they have done? But no, her clothes were still on, and nothing else hurt. Just her shoulder, and her arm, and her abs. She patted her pockets and breathed a sigh of relief. Her phone, her keys, and her wallet were still there. Thank you, oh thugs of the city, for not rolling this poor damsel in distress. Christ, she was an idiot. Drinking until she blacked out was bad enough, but passing out in an alley? Jesus. She checked her phone for the time, but the battery was dead. Judging by the position of the sun, it was about five or six in the morning. She still had a few hours to get herself together and get to the precinct. She made it to work only 20 minutes late. Pena, her partner, was sitting at his desk when she trundled in and collapsed into her chair. He smirked. Rough night? No, I'm just not feeling good. I can smell it from over here. Shit, I put on a gallon of perfume. Yeah, I know, I can smell that too. Wheeler groaned. She nodded at the captain's door. She in yet? What do you think? She asked for me? Not directly. Better take off those sunglasses. She did. Okay, never mind. Put them back on. She did. We got anything this morning? She asked. Oh, yeah. Wheeler sighed. What? Pena said. You think you could have it easy just because you got drunk last night? Come on. He didn't say a word, just watched her as she shuffled the papers around her desk and opened up one of her drawers, muttering about someone stealing her Advil. Did you take it? She asked. You know, you can fuck up your own career as much as you want. You want to drink yourself to death? Fine. But I got a wife and kids. Wheeler leaned back and folded her arms over her chest. I know. I met them. I can't afford to screw up here, Wheeler. So don't. You know how this works. What you do affects me too. Wheeler opened her mouth to reply, but she couldn't think of anything that wouldn't sound like an excuse. She certainly wasn't going to tell him about the relapse. You done yet? Get your shit together, Kate. Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. Wheeler stood up and turned her back on him, flipping the bird over her shoulder in the process. Anybody got any Advil? She asked. Nobody had any Advil. Nobody had any Advil or Bayer or Prozac or Zoloft or Lithium or anything else that might take the edge off. 
even though she asked as nicely as possible, which, for Wheeler, entailed not cussing and almost smiling. Unfortunately, her almost smile looked more like a grimace. No matter how hard she tried, always a grimace. And people usually thought she was either being sarcastic or that happiness felt genuinely painful to her. Pena was gone when she got back to her desk. She took out her phone and opened up the photo app. She'd taken a picture of the brand on her shoulder and wanted to inspect it closer. Three connected spirals. She typed that into the browser on her computer. Three connected spirals. And as soon as she did, an image of a screaming old crone flashed into her mind. She grew dizzy and sick, and her arm began to ache from elbow to shoulder. It was so bad that she had to grip the edge of her desk. When it passed, when her vision cleared, she found herself staring at her monitor. The cursor was still blinking in the form field, waiting for her to press enter. That wasn't normal. That wasn't normal at all. What are you searching for? Wheeler nearly jumped out of her seat. She slapped her hand over her phone and whipped around. It was Pena, mug of coffee in his hand. Fuck, Pena! You trying to get shot? Not a good idea in here. She minimized the browser and he shrugged. He went around to his desk and picked up his jacket. You coming? Where? Got a call from the bottom. He looped his badge up and hung it around his neck. Wheeler automatically followed suit. What's up? He pushed in his chair and strode away. You coming or not? She made him stop at a bodega to pick up some pain relievers and a bottle of water. He filled her in on the ride across town. Anonymous call for a 415 at the bottom. Blues went into an old warehouse in the industrial section. Found two bodies. 415 is now a 187. Drugs? Pena shrugged. Maybe. It's the right area. Wheeler took a long pull off her water. Sip it, don't chug it, Pena said. You won't rehydrate if it goes right through you. Thanks, Dad. That's not how I meant it. I know, I was joking. They crossed into the railroad bridge and into the bottom. Wheeler always thought it was funny, the fact that the bottom was located literally on the other side of the tracks. Of course it was. Where else would a place at the bottom be located? When she was little, it was just the place where she lived, where she went to school. The violence and the drug dealers were just a nuisance, something to be careful about, like the glass on the sidewalks and the needles in the alleys. Her mother always assured her things would change, that the chronic poverty and endless cycle of brutality couldn't last forever. But it did. And by the time she joined the force, it had actually gotten worse. She looked at the burned-out buildings as Pena steered the cruiser through potholed streets, the old brownstones with the thick iron-gated doors, the graffiti bricks. They stopped at a light. A shirtless young man sitting in the doorway of an abandoned building stared her down. When Wheeler didn't look away, he said, Fuck you! Friend of yours? Pena asked. Looks like he wants to be. The young man got up and spread his arms. What? He said. What? The light turned green and Pena drove off. Wheeler watched the kid in the side view. He'd wandered in the middle of the street and was screaming at them. Your family's from this area, right? Pena asked. Don't you ever get tired of this? I don't care what color your skin is. If you're from the bottom, you're related to everybody from the bottom. In the distance, the scaffolding of a skyscraper under construction rose up over the skyline, towering over the tenements, warehouses, and mills of the bottom. The silver metal of its foundation gleamed in the sun, marred slightly by the cranes and rusty iron stages. Big tech's moving in, Pena said. Single corp, right? They put one of those in every major city in the country. Wheeler thought about the ads she was watching the night before. Viddy viewers, nimble digits, barrel arm biceps. Upload your consciousness to the net, right? She said. Pena nodded. That's some scary shit right there. I don't know. It'd be nice to live forever. You serious? It's a sin. Christ, Pena. Not everything's about religion. It is for me. Well, not everybody's you. You'd really be fine turning your soul into ones and zeros? To live forever? Sure, why not? What if the server goes down? What if somebody hacks it? What then? 
First of all, you don't have any idea what any of that means. Doesn't sound good. And second of all, I'd wait right until the end, right until I was about to die before I did it. Nothing to lose then. That's the argument of the devil. Devil's got nothing to do with it. That's what he wants you to think. Wheeler took another sip of her water. The painkillers were doing their work, and her hangover, while still making his presence known, had abated just enough for her to feel slightly human. She needed a nap and a workout to get all the way there, but that wouldn't happen until after her shift was over. Until then, she'd have to tough it out. She watched the skyscraper grow closer as they drove. They're already calling it the silver bullet, she said. Pena didn't answer, and Wheeler thought about an article she read about the single corp and the singularity, and despite what she said to her partner, it scared her just as much as it scared him. Her generation's fixation with screens was bad enough, but now there were implants and augmentations, predictions of being able to beam a signal right into their heads. And then there was the singularity as a term. It sounded evil, perfectly suited for a comic book villain's master plan for world domination. They crossed over from the bottom into the industrial district, leaving the closed city streets and endless Section 8 housing for smokestacks and train tracks. The paper mill with the sulfuric stench and mousetrap twists of steel tubes pumped cloud after cloud of white smoke into the air, and the abandoned power plant, with its rusty storage drums and cracked and busted windows, hunched by the river, covered in creepers. A few minutes later, they arrived at an old textile warehouse. Two marked cars were parked outside. The officers, four of them, waited patiently inside each one, enjoying the air conditioning. They got out as Pena parked and cut the engine. Wheeler didn't wait for her partner. She exited the cruiser and approached the men. What do we got? She asked. The officer in the lead, a former high school athlete gone to seed, answered first. Couple of meth heads, OD. Are you in forensics, officer? Kowalczyk. No, I'm not in forensics. But I know an OD when I see one. So what makes you think this was an OD? The vials, the pipes, the yellow shit all over their faces? Yellow shit? Yeah, like puke. A flash of amber eyes, bared black teeth. Wheeler shook it off. You see a lot of druggies with yellow puke? Kowalczyk laughed a little bit. (laughs) Puke's yellow. He looked at his partner. They're just junkies. You seen one, you seen enough. Yeah, I guess they all look the same, huh? Got that right. His partner snickered. Wheeler glared. You check around back yet, officer? Not yet. She finally lost her cool. What the fuck are you doing waiting out here? Kowalczyk's mouth dropped open. Are you a fucking idiot? Go secure the exits. Yeah, okay. Pena approached as Kowalczyk and his partner left, muttering to each other. Way to piss off our backup, he said. The other two officers, younger than Kowalczyk and his partner, came up. Look, one of them said, I don't know if it's drugs or not, but it's something weird. Weird? Yeah, that yellow stuff? It didn't look like puke to me. I've never seen anything like this before. The inside of the warehouse was predictably run down. Dirt coated the floors, broken windows lined the ceiling and walls, and rusting equipment hulked, dead and dormant in the corners. Wheeler had expected it to be pitch black inside, but it wasn't. Light poured in through the huge windows, illuminating the particles and the dirt floating in the air. It smelled like dust, with an undercurrent of mold. She found herself wishing for a mask. They found the bodies wedged behind some machines in the middle of the production floor. The first, a man with long, stringy hair, lay face down, arms and legs splayed out in the necks. His entire lower back was ruptured, the meat and bone ripped out as if something had exploded from within. The other was a woman, sitting propped up against the cinder block wall, legs spread out before her, arms hanging by her side, palms up. She was dressed in 80s druggy chic, jean skirt, mud-crusted Adidas, fishnet stockings. Her eyes were rolled back in her head, her mouth wide open. 
A huge hole gutted her right side. The bones of her rib cage cracked out into the dirty air. One of the officers pointed the toe of his shoe at the body. Ever see something like that, detective? Wheeler shook her head. What do you think it is? She wanted to respond, but images flooded her head again. A puddle of yellow bile, monsters with teeth in their chests. Someone put a hand on her shoulder and she jumped. Detective? It was the police officer. He was young with pretty blue eyes. He looked concerned. Are you okay? Yeah. She needed to get the lay of the place a little better. A metal staircase on her left ran up to the open second level. Offices, most likely. Perhaps more victims? You guys check up there yet? Kowalczyk was first in the scene. We just responded to his call. He say anything about it? Nope. All right, then. She headed over to the stairs. I'll come with you, detective. No, I'm good. You make sure they didn't miss anything else. When she was just out of sight, she pulled her shirt down over her shoulder to look at the brand. The puffiness had gone down a little, but it was still there. She was amazed at the lack of pain and soreness. Somebody banged on the doors behind her and she pulled her shirt back up. Two shadows stood on the other side of the dirty window. Kowalczyk and his partner. Had to be. Kowalczyk said, Not the fucking bitch off her high horse. His partner chuckled. She saw their shadows as they moved to the next set of doors, rattled them once, and kept going. It only took her a moment to decide against reporting him. The department made a lot of noise about sexual harassment, but like any big institution, it was slow to take action when it really happened. She'd known women whose entire careers were ruined by reporting some kind of abuse. Oh, sure, the brass made noise and cleared their throats and checked the right boxes, but in the end, it was the victims who were transferred to the most difficult departments, put on night shift, had their paperwork double and triple checked. Some dealt with it, put in their time, and transferred out of the city as soon as they could. But not everybody had that option. Wheeler, you hear that? Pena called. Yeah, it's just Kowalczyk checking the doors. I'm going to clear the offices. She took out her gun and climbed the stairs, aiming it before her. About two-thirds of the way up, her eyes grew level with the floor. She stopped. There, about ten feet away, lay another body. Male, face down. I got another one up here, she yelled over her shoulder. She trotted up the steps and knelt down to check his pulse. That's when she saw his lower back. It was bulging with a tumor the size of a soccer ball. Pena! At the sound of her voice, the body gasped to life and grabbed onto her leg. Fuck! She yelled and stood up, yanking herself out of his grip. He reached for her. Help! Pena, call a medic! What? Call a fucking medic! The man went into convulsions, his back arching, his head banging against the aluminum scaffolding. Wheeler wanted to comfort him, but the thought of touching him made her skin crawl. Pena! I'm calling! The tumor on the man's back swelled larger and larger. His seizure stopped, and he collapsed. Wheeler held her breath. She waited. Nothing. Pena! I can't get a signal! Well, then go! The tumor exploded in a spray of yellow fluid and... Something. Shot out. She didn't know how to describe it. The best she could come up with was a black ball of slime. A black ball of slime with legs and arms but no head. It landed on the metal grid of the walkway ten feet behind the now dead man. She took a step back to brace herself and fired three shots. They went wild, pinging off the frame. The creature snapped to life and galloped straight for her, leaving a slimy trail in its wake. She fired again, but it zigged to the left. She squeezed off another four rounds, hitting it finally in its hindquarters. It yelped and stumbled, but kept coming on, a small hitch in its step. Wheeler kept firing, took two more steps down, and then it was there, right in front of her. She ducked as it jumped, covering her head, closing her eyes and mouth. She didn't want whatever that yellow slime was getting anywhere near her. It sailed down the stairs and landed at the bottom just as Pena and the other officers ran up. They opened fire, and the beast crashed through the window and was gone. Pena turned to Wheeler. You okay? She stood up, checking herself for any of that yellow slime. It was spattered all over the rungs and railing, but she was clean. Yeah. What the fuck was that? I think... I don't know what it was. 
It came out of the Vic's back. The slime crackled and hissed in the plates and the stairs, and she could see little round things squirming around in it. She edged around each one as she walked down, covering her mouth and nose with her hand. Kowalczyk and his partner blustered around the corner, red-faced and out of breath, guns drawn. What the fuck happened? Kowalczyk asked. Pena pointed up. We got another dead junkie on the second floor, asshole. I thought you said you checked the whole place out. We did. Obviously, you didn't look too hard. Shit. Shit's right. Now go out front and call for the coroner's office. I thought you already called it in, Wheeler said. Pena held up his phone. No signal. I could have told you that, Kowalczyk said as he headed for the double doors. He stopped for a second, noticing the yellow slime on the window pane. You see this? He said, and leaned close to inspect it. A little too close. Don't! Wheeler cried. But it was too late. He winced and drew his head back sharply, barking out a clipped, Fuck! He gave a powerful farmer's blow out of each nostril. Fucking shit went up my nose! He snorted and spat on the ground. God damn, that's disgusting! What is that? Christ, Kowalczyk, one of the other officers said. You're an idiot, you know that? Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Don't forget to check out LilithFilm.com, JamesKnoll.net forward slash BG, and you can support this show for as little as $1 on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Mad Tales. You guys rock. I'll see you next week. Day.